Let's get this sports podcast party started, all right? The J Reels Podcast. Why don't you wait until July 1st to make an announcement? What a disgrace. He can rack up all these numbers in October, November, and December, but what really counts is let me see this in January. The Sports Rebel Without a Pause, delivering fast-paced, jam-packed sports talk like no other. Listen, I gotta call it as I see it. He is not a good player. I'm sick and tired of having to deal with the disappointment of this franchise. When does it stop? And yes, another winter that I can sleep in peace. Coming correct, direct, and in full effect. Let's get it. This is the J Rules Podcast. Welcome aboard. Greetings, my fellow Earthlings. How are you? How's it going? How's everybody doing out there? Hope everybody's feeling well. I'm sure you're trying to exhale here as we have now turned the calendar to a new day, a new week, and a new month. It is June 1st, and with all the tumultuous happenings going on in this country over the past week, hopefully we could all breathe a sigh of relief, which is ironic considering that's been the theme of the past week. But again, we'll save that all for later on because right now we're going to delve into the sports world and you've come to the right place to listen to it all here on the latest edition of the J Reels Podcast. I am your host, J Reels. For my first-timers, welcome aboard. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to entertain and inform you on what's happening in the world of sports. And for those who have been banging with me for now 134 episodes, I welcome you guys back. It is a Monday, June the 1st, in the year of our Lord 2020. The J Reels What's the Deal segment. What to expect here over the course of the next uh, 45 minutes to an hour is as follows. It's going to be classified in three segments. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The good being that the NBA and NHL looks like they have dates and plans set for a postseason and hopefully to crown a champion sometime in September which will segue into the bad. As much as we're desperate for sports and looking forward to watching any type of competition between the white lines, will people be interested in wanting to either root for their teams or just watch what's going to transpire over those next couple of months? It's a question that's going to be posed in the middle of summer. Will people be attentive towards what's happening in the NBA and NHL playoffs? And then the ugly is baseball itself. Last night, a proposal from the players came out. They wanted a 114-game season with other trimmings that are going to go with this proposal. I'll talk about that later on. And as I've been stressing for the last few weeks, it certainly does not bode well for baseball to be played here in 2020. But we'll touch on that. My hero in zero of the week, which you definitely do not want to miss. And also, some NFL news and notes as far as rules and some changes and actually you could say goodbye to the pass interference rule just to tip it off and say sayonara to the new onside kick play that I discussed last week so those two things will go by the wayside and you'll know I'll share my two cents on that later on the podcast all right people so let's get to it the good we can underline that because as of right now we can look forward to both an NBA and NHL season Resuming here, it's going to be a couple months, which is crazy, as the NHL is looking to start, I believe July the 24th is the date that they're targeting to start their postseason. And if you recall last week, they're actually adding another layer or another postseason bracket because there are going to be 12 teams in each conference that are going to represent, meaning that the 5 through 12 seeds will play in the first round, which would be a best of five. And then the one through four seeds, which will have the original buy, will pick up from where the five to 12 seeds will leave off. And then we'll have our 
four regularly scheduled playoff rounds that we normally see, but with the added layer, you would think it's going to extend a postseason probably deep into the summer and maybe bleed into the early fall. Chances are it may look that way, but they wanted to spread it out as far as they possibly can when it comes to teams that are outside the bubble be a participant in the postseason this year, which I think is a good idea. Why not? This is a season where, depending on who's going to call it, whether there should be an asterisk next to it or some sort of caveat, we get it. This is a very peculiar situation. This is unfamiliar territory that any of these leagues are swimming in. So when you have the opportunity to add a few more teams at the bottom of the standings to then play in to the Stanley Cup playoffs, then you know what? I'm all for it. I know I didn't really delve into it much last week because I wanted to wait and see once this was official, which was made, I believe, Wednesday of last week through the commissioner, Gary Bettman. So now we could go ahead, get all these teams that are going to be grouped. Now, there are two hubs that are in play here. Now, they have not been determined as of yet, but chances are we're going to look at, I would think, Las Vegas being one, quite possible LA being another, but with the uncertainty of California and buildings and gatherings opening up, even with just camera crews and skeleton teams, employees, representatives, and of course the players, it's unknown whether or not California or in this case, Los Angeles will be a part of this. But Gary Bettman did say that the hubs that they're looking at, a lot of them do favor more Midwest to the West when you're looking at Edmonton, Vancouver, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, I believe Minneapolis of all places. And who knows what that's going to be like even in another month from now. And I believe the only region in the East that they've talked about as a potential hub, I believe is Carolina. Now, nothing is official yet as far as where these hubs will be. I'm sure we're going to find that out probably in the next week or so. Because the NHL is going to have to act upon this. Remember, if they're going to house X amount of teams in these areas, they got to make sure hotels are secured. They got to make sure that whatever their health memo is going to be, I'm sure it's going to be similar to what Major League Baseball had proposed as far as that 67-page memo where it's pretty much going to be from the rink to the hotel and back. No Ubers, no outside dining. And who knows if they're going to have to shower. I mean, that's ridiculous that to think that the Major League Baseball player, they even put that in there as far as the owners not being able to shower after the game that they're just going to go right from the locker room to the bus and then to the hotel where they could shower and change so they still have to get through all that red tape before they can move forward but right now as it looks we're going to have an NHL season resume or in this case a Stanley Cup playoff start somewhere around the vicinity of July the 24th and I know the first thing people are thinking of like who's going to watch this which I'll get to in a minute that's going to be my bad segment But the good is is that we're looking ahead to having some games to be played here in the next, I'll say seven weeks to be nice. Because just to think two months, even though we're now in the month of June, but we're just getting started here. But also with the NBA, let's segue them in. The NBA now is looking at a July 31st start date. Now, as you know, Adam Silver and Chris Paul, the commissioner and the head of the Players Association for the NBA, They've always been on good terms. They want to do what's best. And as they look toward to the 31st to get their postseason started and possibly the hub being Orlando, 
as I mentioned last week, that Disney Worldwide of Sports Complex down there where they could house all the teams. They have plenty of hotel space and plenty of courts, I believe, on this complex. If you remember, that's where the Atlanta Braves used to hold their exhibition season and their spring training facility. So if the NBA could go in there and hunker down there for two months, then so be it. And it's good. Obviously, it's going to be in a warm weather facility, warm weather region. As we know or even may not know that the virus cannot survive in a warm climate. So that's good. But you still have to keep the temperature of these players to make sure that they don't pick it up from wherever. Whether it's touching the ball or clothing or whatever it is. Surfaces. We all know the deal there. So it's a good thing that the NBA is now full steam ahead. It's just a matter of what they're going to do if they're going to copycat the NHL when it comes to maybe taking some of those bottom-rung teams in the East and the West to participate, similar to what the NHL's doing, to have a 5-12, through 12, which I think would be smart. If the NHL's going to do it, why not the NBA? And I get that the NHL's a little bit different because if you have the hot goalie or the one player on your team that scores a bunch of goals, you may have that hot player that could carry a team maybe through a round or two or who knows, even to a cup final. Where in the NBA, that is the likelihood of that happening is pretty much next to impossible. But with the NBA, when you have guys like Damian Lillard come out and say weeks ago that he does not want to go back to complete a season if there's not going to be a chance for him to make it to the postseason, where now if they do extend the standings from a 5 through 12, where Portland right now, I believe they're three and a half games out of the final spot in the West, where Memphis currently resides there. If they somehow get blended into this mix and they can participate in this 5-12 through similar to the NHL, then he's all for it. And I think the NBA should do that. I mean, why not? This is the one year where teams are pretty much right now, as we speak, they're all on the same playing field. And the reason why I say that is because we know the talent and the better teams are going to rise to the top. But knowing that these teams have not had extensive workouts for the last two and a half months, that they're going to have to ramp up everything here between now and the end of July, you may have the unpredictability. Now, granted, if it's 5 through 12, okay, you understand, because that means you're not going to see the Lakers, the Clippers, Denver, or in the East, you're not going to see Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston, and whoever that fourth team is off the top of my head, I guess Indiana or Miami, for that matter. You're not going to see those guys in the first round, but... Hey, you never know. That's why they play the games, right? And we know that the NBA, it's usually those handful of teams that make it to the championship round and win a title, unlike some of the other sports. But with the way things have gone here, as we've seen the last two and a half months, the unpredictability, not only of this virus, but even with the way these playoff games could go or these series, who knows? Maybe that could throw a wrinkle into it. And I said this weeks ago, and I'll say it again, it doesn't matter how much they practice. It doesn't matter how much they train between now and then you do have to wonder the shape that these players are in where they don't tweak a hamstring turn an ankle all of a sudden they have to shred some of that weight that they've gained throughout the course of this pandemic and I think that you're going to see a lot of lackluster play from the start now that's not going on the limb by any stretch but at the same time it's something just to keep an eye out for if you're looking for that crisp razor-sharp, laser-focused type play where I would think you're going to see a little bit more lethargic and for teams to kind of run up and down the court or skate up and down the ice, 
uh, you may see some compromise play here. So just keep that in mind as we move forward. But at the same time, we're just looking forward to games. We're looking forward for these teams to just reconvene and hopefully pick up from where they left off and put forth a decent product, if not a impeccable product, when you get towards those later rounds of the playoffs. And then obviously get to the championship round where we could raise a Stanley Cup or a Lawrence O'Brien trophy in both the NHL and NBA. Now the one thing that we don't know about the NBA calendar, so to speak, is whether or not, come July 31st, are they going to A, have that 5-12 through 12 where they'll have a best of 5, or if it's a 5-12, through 12, will they have a 7-game series? Remains to be seen. But more importantly, are they going to confine it to where they're going to just use the time frame of two months? If you recall, last week I did say that they were going to well, they, at least they were thinking about going to finish up a regular season in 22 days and then have a postseason pretty much done in 33 days, which would accumulate to less than two months. I don't think that's wise. I'm sure they're not going to do that. They're just going to jump right into a postseason. But again, it does remain to be seen whether or not they're going to use a, an extra round as similar to what the NHL is doing and then moving from there to whether they're going to incorporate four seven game series I think in order just to be a little thrifty and maybe even some unpredictability because we've seen this in the past many years ago when it came to Denver upsetting Seattle in 94 in the first round the Knicks upsetting the Heat in the first round both of those were in five games and then later on you had a seven game series between Dallas and Golden State those were all one versus eight matchups but I would think for Not necessarily for this to work, but to do this in a more timely fashion. If the NHL is going to start off with that best of five, five through 12, fine. And then they're going to go ahead with seven game series. Okay, that's fine as well. But I think if you really want to ratchet up, why not do your first two rounds best of five and then have three straight series, meaning your conference semifinal, conference final, and then of course, championship round, all best of sevens. Because again, This is a year where if you want to experiment a little, you want to change the format, want to make it interesting, well, that's a way to make it interesting in both leagues. I don't know if they're going to do that. Let's see if the NBA does mimic what the NHL is going to do as far as extending their standings for that first round. But as of right now, the good is that the horizon is looking a little bit clear and the sun is starting to peek its little head on the sports world But let's just hope we get there unscathed and without any other incidents when it comes to the coronavirus is concerned. Now let's transition to the bad, where it's actually not really that bad, but if you're a diehard sports fan like myself, or even the casual sports fan, I know as we get deeper into this postseason, and I know everybody's been quarantined, and everybody has been living like hermits here over the last two and a half months, So when we look ahead to the summer, all we want to do is just get out, be in the sun, enjoy the weather as much as you possibly can, practice social distancing, be safe, be courteous to your neighbors, to your fellow citizens, etc. But at the same time, will people gravitate to the postseason knowing that we haven't seen sports in what's going to look like almost four months? For me personally, Of course, I have to be on top of it. This is what I do. This is what I love, and I will. But right, will I watch every waking second of every game, 
especially if the first game is going to start at 12 and then the next game is at 3 and then 5 because that's how they're going to do it. That remains to be seen. Of course, I want to be on top of it like I said, people, but the average fan, even the diehard fan, are they going to be so in tune that they are salivating to the point where they're going to have to stream it on their phone or can't wait to get home after a day of work or even if they're not working at the time, hopefully that's not the case, but will they be that wrapped up into the postseason knowing that they have their own situation to deal with, whether it's looking for work or just trying to find that next meal or even if you're blessed enough to work, are you going to run home or rush home to say, hey, I want to watch Capitals Penguins or I want to watch Avalanche Stars at 8 p.m. tonight on NBCSN. Because it is going to be in the middle of the summer. It's a little weird to know that you're going to have a conference final sometime in late August into September. Especially when you have college football and the NFL football right around the corner during that time. Will the fan kind of tap out or will the fan really be interested in watching those sports mature as we get closer to a champion. Now, it is going to be a little unconventional considering that we're not used to crowning champions in both of the winter sports pretty much in the late summer. As it is right now, June 1st, we'd already be into a Stanley Cup final and an NBA final. And knowing that we're, for all intents and purposes, seven weeks to almost two months away from that, will people be able to wrap their arms around that? Me personally, of course I'm going to because I want to see how this all shakes down. But at the same time, there may be people that will probably just wait to the finals. Or maybe there's an interesting storyline that may attract somebody, whether it's the diehard, the casual, whatever. I don't know. You know, if LeBron is down three games to two in the second round to, let's say, Dallas, and I don't know the standings off the top of my head, but I'm just throwing that out there, will people say, oh, snap, LeBron could be eliminated right here if Dallas somehow pulls out a game six in their building. So we have to wait and see to find that out, but that's the bad part of it. Because people are going to either look at that and say, ah, I'm not used to an NBA final in September or a conference final in August. Same for the NHL, that "Ah, I'd rather go to the beach. Or, you know, that's at night, bars and restaurants are starting to open up and I'm sick and tired of just going home. I want to be out. And maybe it'll be on at the bar, but... You want to be around friends. You want to be around people. You want to interact. The last thing you're thinking is who's going to win this postseason series or who's going to go to an NBA final. Who knows? And I don't know if it's particularly bad, but I don't think it's particularly good either because so many other people out there that have been just stuck at home and just waiting to get out and we've seen that in various pockets throughout the country. You just wonder whether or not it's going to hold their attention enough to say, "Uh uh-uh, I have to watch this game at that time. Or you know what? I need to make sure that I'm locked in on this series or this game. Or wow, Giannis is going to get eliminated. Or guess what? The Celtics made it to the NBA Finals. Whatever it is. So you have all those different type of aspects of looking at this from 30,000 feet when it's in the middle of summer, you're not used to these seasons going this deep, and we understand that it's because of these unforeseen circumstances, but will the general public and even the sports public be fully vested into both of these sports and their postseasons because we haven't had sports, obviously, since March 11th? So that's the bad part. And now for the ugly, and man, is it getting ugly. 
If you didn't listen to my last two podcasts, 132 and 133, especially 133, I had Victor Rojas, who is the play-by-play guy for the Anaheim Angels. We touched on it a little bit, and then, of course, I threw in my two cents afterwards because a lot of things happened as far as MLB was concerned last week where Max Scherzer came out and said that there's no way that the players are on board of what the owners have put out there, and he's part of this eight-player subcommittee. I would think it's probably him and seven other top players in the sport that were balking at the idea of coming back to playing the game this year because they want their full salaries or if they understand if it's going to be 81 games or 82 games, if you're getting paid 20 million, then we should deserve to be paid 10. And I talked about that ad nauseum. So now, last night, the players put this proposal to the owners to say, we want to play 114 games. The season will end on October 31st. So when you're going trick-or-treating, that's going to be the final day of the baseball regular season. I don't think that's going to incorporate double headers or stretches where players aren't going to have that many days off because to try to squeeze in 114 games, if you're going to start, and they didn't even put a start date on this. Looking at this proposal, it's not as if they said, all right, come July 1st or July 4th or July 10th, whatever it is that we're going to start. Of course, you could do the math and count 114 days, but you know they're not going to play 114 days straight. Whether it's going to be, in particular, hubs, like I've said, for both the NHL and NBA, is there going to be some travel Involved? Are they going to use the three divisions, East, West, and Central, so that they could pretty much either travel by bus, depending whether you're in the Northeast, if it's New York, playing the uh, Phillies or DC, or they could just jump on a train? You have to think about all these different scenarios here. So they want to extend their season now to October 31st. Then they also want their salaries deferred. If the postseason gets canceled, so could you imagine if a second wave of the coronavirus comes, let's say October 29th, and now they have to suspend the postseason, let's say for two weeks just to kind of wait and see, hey, maybe we could sneak this in, whatever, and then, God forbid, it doesn't jump off, so they say, okay, now we have our salaries deferred, which I'm sure the owners, (laughs) they probably choked on the Pinot Grigio they drank last night upon reading this. Then the players want to opt out of the 2020 season due to COVID-19, but never did it state in this proposal that by opting out, that means that they're not going to get paid. So they're looking at it as like, hey, we're going to opt out. We want to protect our health and my family's health, but I want to get paid. I didn't see that underlined in there at all. And then on top of that, they want to have expanded playoffs for two years. So remember, the owner's proposal was to extend the playoffs this year from 10 to 14 teams, but now baseball wants to do that for the next two years. They also want a salary advance of $100 million to split among the players during the so-called spring training 2.0 that will take place between whenever that may be. Let's say it's June 10th to July 1st. So now they want to have $100 because remember, after yesterday, they were paid through yesterday. Now there's no money coming in. Because they had that $175 million loan that baseball had granted them from, I believe, March 26th to now May 31st. So now no income is coming in. So now, if we're going to resume a season or start a season, yes, put $100 million in the bank to get us started for a spring training 2.0. They also mentioned about players wearing microphones on the field uh, and other enhancements to the broadcast, which I could care less if you ask me, because what are they going to do? They're only going to give you, all right, yeah, good job, or hey, way to go. You're not going to hear anything that's 
are they going to interview these players in the middle of the game? Jeez. Oh, we saw that in spring training, and I guess it was cute and it was fun, but it's spring training. Now when the games really matter, do we really want to hear what Bryce Harper has to say in right field? Or what even Pete Alonso has to say in first base? I guess for some fans, but at the same time, I just want to watch the games. I don't need to hear Pete Alonso talking to Paul Goldschmidt at first base or let's say Aaron Judge at first base about, hey, aren't you glad to be back playing baseball? Oh, thank God. No, who cares? And then lastly, they want to offer to hold events such as an off-season all-star game and a home run derby to generate additional revenue. All right, revenue for who though? Now remember, if the all-star game, which was supposed to be played in LA this year, and which would also would have been the same site for the home run derby, what revenue is that going to draw for Major League Baseball, considering that if, let's say if they wanted to do this in December, and it's still relatively warm in LA at that time, but if they're going to do this in December, who's going to care and who's going to want to go to this? I don't care if you're a die-in-the-wool baseball fan, and I am, hand raised high in the air. You think that on December 10th, on a Tuesday night, which I understand nothing may be going on because you're not going to have an NBA season that's going to start at that time. Same for the NHL. The NFL is not going to be broadcast on Tuesdays. So they could say, hey, Tuesday, December the 10th. I don't even know if that's the right date, but you get my drift. Are people going to really watch an all-star game after a conclusion of a Major League Baseball season where you have a champion, God willing, if they were to have that this year? I mean, that is the most preposterous thing I've ever heard. As I like to say time and time again, and I love baseball with all my being, if there was a an all-star game in my backyard in December, I would draw the blinds. Why watch? Who would care at that point? And to me, it doesn't make any sense. So the players have come up with this. I know the owners are laughing just as the players were laughing at the owners when they brought up their proposal. This thing is just going to be downright awful. And I said my proposal last week, episode 133, the receipts are there. Go back and listen to it. I said the best way for this to be resolved is for the owners to tell the players, hey, listen, we're going to give you 82 games. We don't want 114 games. We understand that you want to recoup as much money as you possibly can. We get that. And then you're going to come out with all this $100 million for spring training 2.0 and to have salaries to be deferred if there's no postseason. No, 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 no. All the owners need to do to the players is to say, whatever you're not earning, Throughout the rest of this year. So if you're Garrett Cole. And you're supposed to make $36 million. And you're getting a 70% pay cut. Because of the pandemic. Then between 2021. And 2023. And God willing that everything. Gets back to normal. Where we'll have fans in stadiums. Where we'll have revenue being generated by the fans. That over the course of those three years. Whatever you did not. Get paid for that year. It'll be paid to you over the course of those next three years based on everything, like I said, being back to normal to where we have fans in ballparks and the revenue streams coming in to where they could be paid their full salary for 2020. And then, of course, you could ask with Jay Reels, what if that player, the 25th guy, the utility guy, if he's not on the team after next year and never plays baseball again? Well, he'll still be owed that money. If it's a guy like Tyler Wade, and he's on the roster this year, and he gets, let's say he's getting paid the minimum. 
Now, he's not going to get taxed 70%, but whatever the percentages that he's going to lose on his salary this year, if he's on the roster, plays this year, even plays sparingly, whatever it is, and he concludes the season with that team, then if he doesn't play baseball again for the rest of his career, he gets cut, doesn't play, he doesn't pick up from another team, or even if he does pick up from another team, the Yankees still owe him whatever it is, that money on that contract over the course of the next three years. And I say three years because I don't know how long it's going to take these owners to recoup all the money that they've lost from March 26th to whenever they start their season this year. Uh, Does that not sound fair? Would the players balk at that too? Would the players look at that and say, oh, no, 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 I don't want to wait three years for my money. I mean, you're talking about guys, the average salary in Major League Baseball is what, $5 million? I get not everybody's making the type of money Mike Trout, Garrett Cole, Giancarlo Stanton go down the list but at the same time even to the guy that is the mop-up reliever or the fourth outfielder they're not making anywhere near those guys but at the same time they'll also be recouped and won't miss out on whatever money that has been lost to me I think that's simple and I'm not a businessman and I certainly don't look at it as like hey this is going to be the answer to everybody's ills but at the same time it's a start and we understand baseball and sports are not like corporate America. And not that I'm a business person for corporate America either, but I am a little bit familiar with how certain things work. If it could work for big Fortune 500 companies, then why can't it work for baseball? I mean, it's not that far down the rung there. You know, I'm not talking about Major League Baseball and then the mom and pop hardware store on the corner that's been there for 40 years that probably can't reopen because of everything that's happened in this country over the last two and a half months. So that's the way to handle it. But baseball, I'm sure the owners are right now choking on their oatmeal and calling up the other owners, which I know that could be collusion. And I'm sure that'll be the word to be thrown around if that's going to be the case. But baseball is not going to be able to get out of their own way. Baseball, who had an opportunity to get themselves back on the beam to be the first sport back, American sport back. And right now, it looks like they're on another planet off with that SpaceX mission somewhere in the stratosphere of this universe. And it's just a disaster. I, I would really be shocked if baseball's played this year. Because you know the owners aren't going to give an inch. There's no way. And the players right now, they're trying to stand their ground. Here's our proposal. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> the owner's probably laughing at it. So, that's the ugly. And I'm sure it's probably even going to get uglier. If comments and Statements are going to be thrown around. We'll certainly see how that all unfolds here. All right, before I get to my hero and zero of the week, I want to touch in on a couple of NFL news and notes. In particular, the rules that were changed where the pass interference rule from 2019 is an RIP. So that only lasted a year. And remember, this came off the heels of the NFC Championship game two years ago between the Rams and Saints. And because of the underwhelming performance of calls that were not turned over, I believe out of the 81 pass interference challenges of last year, only 13 were overturned. So the NFL Rules Committee say goodbye to that. And let's just hope that we don't have, in a crucial spot, in a playoff game especially, that we do not revisit this scene once again because it's going to be ugly if that's the case. And I think it's good for them to pass it. 
it was experimental. Nobody said that this was going to be etched in stone. But because of the underwhelming performance of this rule, and it didn't really... Now, I didn't watch every NFL game. Not that it staggered any of the games, because that was also the big thing between looking at the coaches' challenges and having the referees under the hood. And we thought that by these pass interference calls that would extend the games that much longer, but that wasn't really the case. I'm not going to say good riddance, but you wonder... I don't think it deserved another year, but at the same time, you just hope that it doesn't pop up in a playoff game. And even if it does, let's just say for argument's sake, then hopefully that the coach, let's say in this particular case, Sean Payton, could go to the officials and say, is there any way that you guys could just, based on what you saw, can you guys converse, discuss it? And then come to a conclusion as opposed to just saying the ruling on the field. And I get that that's got to be collectively bargained too. Because pretty much what you're telling the crew to do is to overturn a call. But sometimes you see flags get picked up on certain plays. And there are certain calls that can, I'm not going to say be overturned, but they can be discussed. And hopefully... In a crucial game like that, I mean, the NFC Championship game. I mean, that's is the next crucial game to the Super Bowl. But whether it's in a playoff game or even down the stretch where a team's trying to get into the postseason and you have a call like that, that maybe the judgment from that officiating crew could be convened and hopefully discussed over. As opposed to just saying, nope, incomplete, on to the next play and that's it. Now, of course, if they get it wrong, that's going to be a whole set of encyclopedias that we're going to have to revisit again. But until then, hopefully there'll be some better judgment among the referees, the officials who are on that play, who are watching that play, and that they could go ahead and try to make the right call, or at least close to the right call, because they are human. We just can't expect them to all of a sudden, right away, based on a knee-jerk reaction on what happened two years ago. You know what? It was pass interference, and then when you look back, maybe it wasn't pass interference. I mean, it has to be just obscene. And obviously that call or non-call was obscene. You could also say goodbye to the no onside kick rule, which I was a little surprised. I thought that that would pass. And I talked about it last week. I thought it'd be a good play. And I understand that from the other team's standpoint. So let's say, for instance, if the Chiefs were down 28 to 16, and they against the 49ers and they score a touchdown to make it 28-23 and they go for two and they miss it. So now they're down by five, 50 seconds to go. They have a timeout, whatever the scenario is. But now you have a guy with Patrick Mahomes who has the ball fourth and 10 on his 25-yard line. He makes one play and he's near midfield. And then the opposing team could look at that and say, well, that's not fair considering that they just scored to get the ball and all it takes is just that one play for them to get themselves in good field position to go down to try to win the game. And then on top of that, we're not also including the possibility of a defensive hold, illegal use of hands, illegal contact, pass interference, all that factors in. So as a defense, you almost have to play in prevent, which is dangerous when you have an offense like the Kansas City Chiefs. And we understand not every team in the NFL has an offense like theirs. But still, you have to play in that prevent defense because the last thing you want to do is to get a pass interference call or call go against you to where they're going to have to replay the game, the replay the ball, and they'll probably replay it from the spot 
So let's just say, for argument's sake, if it's a fourth and 15 that they're going to use and the player was held five yards into the play. So now it's going to be, what, fourth and 10? So now they even have that much short of a distance for them to complete a first down? There is a lot of moving parts there that certainly need to be determined. And if you could just have it as just one play where even if there's a foul called, which would be silly. And that's why they did not pass it through the NFL powers that be. And I can understand that because I even mentioned that last week that although it's a good play, but you got to worry about that if you're a defense. Especially if you were just on the field. Let's just say if Kansas City had one of those 10 play drives that lasted five, six minutes. And then here you are back on the field again just to defend one play and your defense is pretty much going to be gassed because it's in the fourth quarter and it's late in the game and then all it takes is just a tug of the jersey, a interference, arm, arm and arm combat, whatever you want to call it, and then they put themselves in a predicament where they can end up losing the game. So maybe they could come around to having a play similar to that because as we know, the onside kick is pretty much useless. I would think not having it a 4th and 15 from the 25, I would think a 4th and 15 from the 10-yard line would probably be a little bit better because even if they complete even a 20-yard pass, they're at the 30 as opposed to being at the 40 or even, let's say, 45-yard line. So that's a difference of 10 to 15 yards. So we're not going to see that rule implemented here in 2020. And then lastly, I got to give it up for a guy who I always pound on because J.J. Watt... As we've seen, he's been a defensive stalwart there for the Houston Texans. He's been a dominating force. He's won multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards. He certainly is very disruptive. He's a guy that could get to the quarterback, as we've seen time and time again. But the one knock on him, to me, is that we never see it in a big game. We never see that type of game in New England against Tom Brady. We never see that in a game, I'm just throwing out Patrick Mahomes, I believe in the playoff game, just this past year, when they were in Kansas City, when they had a 24 nothing lead, he did nothing in the game. And I don't want to hear, oh, he's injured, he's been playing hurt. We get that. But if you're in the lineup and you're playing, there's no excuses. But for him, with two years left on his deal, so that means no guaranteed money that's coming forward to him. He's got all his guaranteed money and he's made a fortune, I'm sure. He said that he's not going to demand anything and he's going to prove what he's worth. So... With all the injuries that he's had to endure over the years, he wants to show and prove that he can be reliable and also depended on and that he doesn't want to be that guy that's going to have his contract hang over not only him, but the locker room and knowing what took place with DeAndre Hopkins, knowing that one of the rumors that he was happy to leave Houston because A, he didn't get along with the coach who's also the GM and a one Bill O'Brien but at the same time he wanted to get his contract extended considering that he is a top flight wide receiver in the game but he wasn't getting paid like that. Now mind you, he was making somewhere in essence of 10 to 12 million dollars but he wasn't getting the 16, 17, 18 million dollar payday that you see a Julio Jones get or even at one time, believe it or not, Antonio Brown got. So good for J.J. Watt to know that and his base salaries are, I believe, 10 and 12 million the next two years. So it's not as if he's gonna he's he's getting a pittance in his direct deposit over the course of the next two years. So you can't feel sorry for him, but it's good to see an athlete take that approach, knowing that he's made a ton of money, 
that yes, I do have two years left with no guaranteed money, but I'm still getting paid handsomely. And for him to take that tact, I commend him for that because not a lot of players in any of the sports will go ahead and do that. So big ups to you. And before I segue to my hero of the week, because J.J. Watt was going to be that, but he got pushed to the side by another athlete that I got to give it up to. So now let's get to my hero and zero of the week. My hero of the week is Boston Celtic forward Jalen Brown for driving 15 hours from Boston to Atlanta to lead a peaceful protest, obviously for the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis last Monday. Now, Jalen Brown is from the Atlanta area, I believe 15 minutes outside of Atlanta. And for him to do that, to be about it, to not only just be on the front lines of protest, and I believe that Friday, a lot transpired down there in Atlanta where people had gone to the CNN Tower and they started to vandalize the CNN building. So Jalen Brown took it upon himself to say, I'm going to go down there and drive. No, he didn't get in a private jet. No, he didn't have any type of hookup where he asked the owner to send them down there. No, he went on his own dime to go down there to be a part of a peaceful protest, to be at the forefront of this. All I got to say to you, my man, you are my hero of the week. And my zero of the week goes to humanity and the state of this country. Now, no one's going to confuse me for Sean King. But it would be irresponsible for me not to say anything considering I have this mic in front of me and a platform like this to be heard from. Now I've been feeling like this for quite some time. Whether it's the mass shootings that constantly get swept under the rug, the ongoing saga of divisiveness between race, the never-ending police brutality toward African Americans, and let's face it, to credit the great Dave Chappelle, the leader of the free world is an internet troll who wouldn't know the word accountability if you threw a Webster's Dictionary at him. When does it stop? If you're not embarrassed, like I am, to be a citizen of the USA, then you're not paying attention. Our morals, principles, and more importantly, our priorities aren't in the toilet. They're at the bottom of the sewer. It's a complete and absolute clear-cut 100% abomination. Get it together, my fellow Americans. We are better than this. With the way 2020 is going, would it surprise you if the aliens made their presence felt on Independence Day? Will we be more divided if something like that happened? I'm exaggerating, of course, but the point of the matter is, is that it shouldn't come down to a cataclysmic event because Lord knows the Las Vegas Strip and Parkland, Florida mass shootings, Ahmaud Arbery and down the line hasn't incorporated any significance or justice or change. Let's see if George Floyd's unfortunate death becomes the watershed moment to recalibrate and reprioritize what's truly important and remember why we are the greatest country on the map. The time has come to take a long, hard, cold, accountable Look in the mirror. You, I, all of us. What can we all do to be better 1% every damn day? Because if we don't incorporate change within ourselves and put forth our best effort to become better human beings, then this behavior will perpetuate until the end of time. And with that, my fellow citizens, is my zero of the week. And just to piggyback off that, lastly, The NBA, NFL, even the NHL have all released statements regarding the current climate in this country. You know, even Michael Jordan, of all people, I don't know if you've seen this, but Michael Jordan, who did not speak on any issues outside of basketball. If you recall in the last dance where they had that issue in North Carolina where he had the one guy, African-American, who was running up against, 
forgot his name off the top of my head, but a lot of people wanted him out of the office, but Michael just took quiet. He says, well, hey, Republicans also buy sneakers as well. Well, even he's outraged by all this, quote, pained and plain angry over the scenario with George Floyd. And even though the teams have issued statements as well in Major League Baseball, the A's, the Twins, etc. What happened to Major League Baseball? Where are their words of encouragement and support? Is their PR department too busy to come up with something? I mean, are they just so wrapped up in, oh, we got to get our season started that they're just going to overlook what took place here in Minneapolis and then obviously these ensuing days afterwards with all the protests throughout this nation that they're just not going to say anything? Major League Baseball, uh, let's wake up, get a clue. I found that disgraceful and they should also be lumped in my zero of the week too. Because how they cannot put out a statement, I even checked as little as 45 minutes ago. So that's just disgraceful on their part and that's just probably a microcosm of what's going on in the MLB offices knowing that there may not even be a baseball season that they can't even release a statement stating on the status of the state of this nation and how they're encouraging and supporting the African-American community community, and everybody that's been involved with this. It's unbelievable. So that's going to conclude it, people. I'll have a podcast later on in the week. I'm hoping to get more questions from you guys. I'm going to, I know it's a strong word to say, but you know where I'm coming from. I'm going to harass you guys on social media to make sure you get your questions out. And I've gotten quite a few, but I want to get a few more. It's better to have more and have my cup runneth over than to just have a few and put forth a 20-minute podcast on just the few questions that I've received. So you could do so, people, by reaching out to me on any of my social media accounts. On Instagram, it's jreels or the jreels podcast. On Twitter, it's jreels1, just a number. My Facebook fan page is the jreels podcast. And if you'd like to send me an email with any questions, comments, criticism, praise, whatever it may be, I'll be sure to follow up with you guys. You could do so at the jreelspodcast at gmail.com. So please, between now and Thursday morning, send your questions. I don't care how you do it. Just send them. Uh, what color paint I like. Uh, what's my favorite ice cream. Uh, what do I like to do on weekends. Why do I run 50 miles a day. Whatever it is. Just send them and I'll be sure to shout you out where you're from, etc. And I'll post it on the podcast, which I'm looking to produce, host, and post this coming Thursday, which would be June 4th. And also, people, I implore you, as I do each and every week, to go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, among the many others that are out there. And we all know there are quite a few. So because I'm working my way up that sports podcast totem pole, I need your participation to do the following on wherever you get your podcast. So whether it's on Apple, Google, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Luminary, please do so because it will just increase the visibility of this podcast among the many others that are out there and in turn to generate interest to bring guests who may not be familiar with me or the podcast to be a part of that. So whether that's the former or current athlete, the sports writer, broadcaster, blogger, whatever it may be, please people, I implore you to do that. It takes literally seconds. Just go to wherever you get your podcast, hit subscribe, Just type in a few words, a sentence, maybe in a paragraph if you're feeling generous and how many stars, hopefully it's four or five. And again, the podcast population and universe will see that and hopefully will attract not only just more listeners, followers, but of course, those luminaries in the world of sports to be a part of this podcast for you guys, because that's why I do it. I do it for you. I love sports. As you well know, I'm here for 134 episodes and I plan to be here for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more as long as the good Lord keeps me on this planet 
And with that being said, people, as I like to close out the program, as always, so with me informing you and entertaining you on what's happening on everything, each and every week on the world of the diamond, the ice, the gridiron, the hardwood, the golf course, racetrack, tennis court, you name it, from my lips to your ears, from my heart to your soul, from where I am to wherever you are, the J. Rose Podcast always comes correct, direct, and in full effect. From the South Bronx, the South Beast, the South Central, the South Pacific, and all points beyond, peace, love, and God bless everybody. And until next time, God willing, this Thursday, I'll keep you posted on all my social media accounts. So hopefully we'll have another podcast end. So please send those questions over to me. Until next time, on the flip, baby.